This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm ready to bring God's word to you. I want to shape today's uh, message around the idea that God has more for you than you know. So he doesn't have more for you that you're refusing to go toward. Most people don't get what God has for them to, because they don't even know it exists. It's kind of like, like, I don't know if you ever traveled to a city and you've tried to discover it all on your own. And then, you know, so you're seeing what you think are the sights of the city. But every once in a while you can get a tour guide, right? Somebody who's been to every, everything. And then they'll show you some spots like you weren't ever going to find this without them. You're, you're not, you're not going to eat that, that spot. You're not going to see that site because they just know a few places that, that a tourist, like, like a visitor is not going to know. I feel that way sometimes as a pastor. I feel like people come to church and I think they have what they think God is all about. They have what they think the destinations are, what they think he really wants. And honestly, most people are wrong. That's not what God wants for you. And, and I don't even, this will shock some people, I don't even like to preach. I like to tour guide. I want to be your tour guide to take you on a journey today and to show you all that God has for you. And so whether you want to take the steps or not, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the steps really clear. So I'm going to dive into some really, actually, some really deep spiritual truths and make it so simple. In, in, in the South, we say we're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can have one, all right? So that's getting ready to have. <laughs> that's getting ready to happen right now. I, um, there's a verse that I want to start off with in Psalm 92 that says this. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So wherever you're planted, your environments determine your success. So you can't have success anywhere. You have to put yourself in the right place for good things to happen. It doesn't even matter what your potential is. You get in the wrong environment, you can't realize your best potential. I could have perfectly good seed that could produce perfectly good fruit, throw it on this stage, come back a year from now, it will look exactly like where you threw it. Where, where it is, and it will look exactly the same. It's not the seed's fault. It's the environment's fault. This was never intended to be a place for that seed to flourish. But you get in the right places. And the Bible says the right place is in the house of God. That's a, kind of a fancy Bible way just to say around other believers, around, the, around God people. And showing up like you did today, I honor you for that. That's where you can flourish. You have an area here in California that you're probably aware of. It's the hottest, driest place uh, in, your, in not only your state, but in the, all of America. And they've named it a horrible name. They call it... Death Valley. What a horrible thing to call a place. Death is where death happens. You know, death. I've got brought a picture of Death Valley back there. Uh, one cow wandered there and he didn't make it. You know, so anyway, um, nothing grows there. Uh, nothing at all. Uh, nothing, they don't farm there. They don't, they don't live there. It's just way too hot, way too dry. Uh, it, nothing works there. So they, they think they've named it appropriately. Uh, Death Valley, a, a weather phenomenon happened. You can, you can Google this and study it yourself. In 2004, uh, in the winter of 2004, I think it was December of 2004, um, they can't even explain it. Seven inches of rain fell. Seven inches of rain fell in Death Valley. Uh, net, nothing happened immediately, uh, but by the spring of 2005, uh, they now call it, here's the word you can Google, the super bloom, and then Death Valley ended up looking like this. So what they realized is that Death Valley actually wasn't dead. Death Valley was dormant. Like 
all along there were seeds there just waiting for the right environment for great things to happen. Been there the whole time. Just, just needed the right set of environments to happen for, for a super bloom. Look in my eyes and hear this. You ha you're not dead. Your marriage is not dead. Your dreams are not dead. Your emotions are not dead. That's just not where you are. I'm telling you. Now, you may be dormant, and you've wandered into a place, by the way. Some rain's going to fall here, metaphorically speaking. And, and what we hope for you, what, the reason why we all do this, the reason why we have three locations coming up, the reason why we talk about Jesus is not to, not to have the organization called the church. We have this hope that your life will super bloom, that you can flourish, that you can have the very best that, that God has for you. Now, the question of the day is, since God wants that, and I've never met a person who doesn't want that, why doesn't it happen? It's a good question. I said, why, then why aren't we blooming? And here's my, my belief. I think I'm right. I, my belief is, is that people just don't know how to get there. So it does exist. God wants it, and we all want it, but we don't know how to get there. Here, we don't know. We don't, there, there's a place in the city uh, that exists, but the tour guide hadn't shown us yet. We, don't know, we didn't know to go eat there. We didn't know to go. So what I'm going to do again today is show you how to get to a place where your life can flourish. In fact, the psalmist uh, David said it this way in Psalm 16. He says, God, he's, 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 he wrote a praise song, a worship song about this. He says, you will show me the path of life. You know, you're called Zoe, life. That's the word for life. So I'm going to show you the path of Zoe. He says, you've shown me the path of life. Now notice there's a semicolon at the end. And the reason why they don't put a period, because it's not a new thought, it's a continuing thought. That if you, if you could understand what the pathway of life is, Here's the promise that in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, who doesn't want that? But it happens if you knew what the path is. So I'm going to make sure you know what the path is. So you may not have known this or not, but God has made that pathway pretty clear. But the Bible was written a long time ago. So it's used in a lot of Bible language that they understood in their day. But today we have to kind of help all of us understand it. So in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, so cover to cover, Genesis to maps, God is, that's funny, he's always, um, he's always made this, this pathway pretty clear, said a lot of different ways, but again, not so clear in language today, and because you have Bible type words that again, worked in their day and sometimes don't really work for today, so that's why we try to explain the scriptures to you so that you can take the steps, I'm going to do that for you today. And then all throughout the Bible, God, it's clear. And this is not my theory. This is like every Bible scholar will tell you this, that the pathway pretty much just consists of four different steps in the journey. And there are some steps within the steps, but they're basically coming to four basic steps. And of the 14 places that I have found where the Bible talks about them, today I'm just going to show you one of them. I'm going to go really slow through it, explain it to you just in one way the Bible says it. Uh, just so I can show it to you. And it comes in the form uh, of a prayer. Um, in fact, a prayer that this guy named the Apostle Paul prayed in one of the letters or the books of the Bible of the New Testament. A lot of your New Testament, by the way, are letters. They were just letters. We call them, the, the fancy word is epistle, but it's a letter meaning uh, this guy, uh, Paul, would go plant churches Never intended to be the pastor of them, raised up leadership, turned it over to the leadership, and went and did it again in another city. And so then he had to write letters to encourage them, give them doctrine, and that makes up almost half of your New Testament now, these letters to these churches. Okay, so this is one of them to a city that's in modern-day Turkey. Um, it's a city called Ephesus. So the book is called Ephesians, and in Ephesians chapter 1, he's writing back to this church that he planted, and he says this. He says, I keep asking God. So every day I'm praying. 
Every day I wake up, and this is what's on my mind. I keep asking God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you a spirit, watch this, so it's spiritual, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's, that's basically just a fancy Bible way to say this. I wish you could see this. I keep praying that you'd have this sovereign, like, oh, my God. I never saw that before, right? Like, I, I, I've been in church my whole life, or I'm, I've been trying to seek religious things my whole life, and for the first time, I can see it. Well, that's what he's praying for. Which, by the way, I got up really early this morning, and that's all I prayed for today. I didn't, I didn't want you to be impressed with me or even Zoe Church. I, was, I asked God, I said, God, would you just open their eyes? Let them, let them see it for the first time. Would you just let there be a, a spirit of, of, of wisdom and revelation? And there's, there's a comma there, and now he's going to mention the four things. And it's my job to show them to you, all right? So, so I wish you could see how important it is for you to know him, and if you already do know him, to know him better. And he uses a word there that the crowd would have went, oh, because at the, in their day, God was this faraway heaven God. All his rules were on stone tablets, and they just did the best they could. But Paul comes along and says, no, 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 you can know him. And when he, he, used, he used the word in the Greek language, which, which the, the, the original manuscripts of the New Testament are in Greek. And, uh, and you have to kind of, to get the deep truth, you have to go back to original languages. He uses the word, the word know there is the word gnosko in the Greek. And what it, the reason why I'm laughing is, I see humor in the Bible, so sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm from Louisiana, so it help me, all right? So, but, but the word gnosko is the same word that's used that, a, that a, a, a husband knew his wife and they had babies. <laughs> yeah, that's the word, right? So, and, but it's not a sexual word, it's an, it's, it's an intimate word. It's like, so he, Paul comes along and says, hey, I don't know if you know this or not. I wish your eyes could see this, that you can, you can be intimate with God. You can be close to him. He doesn't have to be a faraway God. He can be an up close and personal kind of God. Like you can have a relationship with him. You don't have to know him. You can know him. And the crowd would have went, wow, are you kidding me? That, that, that would be incredible. And by the way, in case you don't know this, you can know God. You don't have to just be a part of a religion. You don't have to be a part of a, of a church. You don't have to be part of Christianity. You, like you can have a relationship with a very real, very alive God in a very real and very alive kind of a way. You can know, you can know God. And it would be our honor to kind of take you on the journey and to show you that. But once you do know God, I know a bunch of you do, don't stop there. You need to know there's more sights to see on the tour. Because he says in the next sentence, once you know God, he says, I wish your eyes could see this next. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart get enlightened. Now, the first time I read this, I thought, well, Paul, um, you need to go to an anatomy class because your eyes ain't on your heart. They're on your head, my brother. They're right here. And to which Paul would have come back and said, no, they're not. You're not looking through these. You're look, you're look, right now, you're looking through this right now. All of you are seeing the exact same thing right now, and all of you are seeing it differently based on your past problems and people. Every one of you, every one of us, myself included, we all see through a filter of our experiences, good and bad. You're seeing through hard eyes, and Paul said, and that's the problem. He says that we need to go through this step that once we have this experience with God and have this relationship with God, he says, I'd love to work on your heart. I'd love to get you to a place where this gets healed, where this gets better. He's, he uses the word enlightened. The, um, one me, the message translation says focused and clear. When you, when you love, you have your heart focused and clear. No longer like putting it through the filter of your, of your wounds, your hurts, your mistakes, your addictions, your habits, your past, your people. No, no, no. He says you need second step of the journey. Start working on this. We're going we're gonna to work on this. And I'm going to show you how in just a moment. 
He says, and if you, he says, I pray that, you, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that. In other words, you can't even get to this third one if you don't do this second one. So that you might know the hope to which he has called you. So in other words, that you have a calling. There is a future for you that you can't see because you're too focused in the rearview mirror of your past. So like there's stuff in front of you that God has for you that what Psalm 139 says, all the days ordained for you are written in God's book before one of them ever came to be. That he has a purpose for your life. You are, listen to me, you're, you're created on purpose for a purpose that so many people don't see because they're still selling their yesterdays. And they're still selling their yesterdays because they've never known a real, alive, personal God. Are you following this, everybody? He says, but if you'll get to know, if you have this relationship with the Lord, get your heart healed and clean and clear and focused. And then understand the fact that, that, that you have a calling. And by the way, hope and calling are always connected. Let me say it this way. If you're looking for hope, it's not going to be in weather, politics, um, money, marriage, vacations. Your hope is found in knowing why you're on the planet. I'm just trying to tell you. You can, I don't want to be sassy, okay? But if you go search other places, you'll, you'll be back. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. You go look in other places, you'll be back. Because the only place you're really going to find true hope is knowing why you were created by God. You have to just figure out the hope to which he has called you. And then it ends in the best way ever, and that you might have riches. Now, God wants to bless you, and your blessing's different than you think. He says, I wish you could have the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. In other words, the last step in the spiritual journey, I have to, you can't do it by yourself. I've got to put you in a group of people where you can get your inheritance, and that's what makes you, your inheritance is what makes you rich. You say, Chris, what in the world is my inheritance? Here it is. And that is that I'm doing something with a group of people that's changing the world. In fact, Psalm chapter 2 says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. What I mean by that is that you were designed to live your life in such a way that impacts the lives of others. Do you believe that? Say yes or no. Yeah, you got that? Sure. Like my, I'm, you're designed by God. By the way, secular sociologists are proving this right now. There's big studies. I just read another article in the Wall Street Journal just a few weeks ago that said that, that, that they can't understand it because of their belief in evolution and that really, because the, 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 the hallmark of evolution basically is survival of the fittest. That really what it means is you just, you get on top, you win. And that's what all, all creation is just trying to win, be the best. And they said, we can't figure out these things called humans because they're the only ones that don't just want to win. They want to live their lives in a way that impacts other people's lives. And they can't understand it. They said, they said that human beings are hardwired for, for, for transcendence is the word they use, to live their life in such a way that, that does something in the lives of others. But you can't do that if you don't know you're a part, and you can't do that if you're still dealing with your yesterdays, and you can't do that until you're in a relationship with a very real God who created the whole process. Are you following me, everybody? So, um, so here at Zoe, we have some language that we use, and this language uh, that we use uh, here at the church is language that uh, I didn't create. Actually, this was created uh, several years ago. So passionate about explaining this to people that, that uh, in fact, we came up with some language that took a lot of explanation, to be honest with you. We were using all the biblical terms like redemption. God wants you redeemed. You know, it just sounded cool, but nobody knew what it meant. And so, um, so, so about seven, eight years ago, we, we put together this focus group Paid people money to sit in a circle 
about nine people uh, we invited who were completely far from God, went to nobody's church. And we took about the same amount of time I just took to explain everything that I just explained to you. And I told him, I said, look, I'm not saying this to you uh, to get you to do it. I'm, getting, I'm explaining this to you for you to help us come up with language that you would understand if you wanted to do it. So, like, we just need street language. We just need, like, something that everybody can understand. And, uh, by the way, the end of the story is all nine of those people gave their life to Jesus. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. And honestly, it's just because we, we made the pathway clear. We just we kind of threw it out there, the whole, wow, I didn't know God wanted that. And they came up with what we now use here at Zoe, that if you're, if you're taking notes or just get this in your heart, you're, you're, you're at one of these four places. That the first step, I'll never forget this one girl said, she goes, she goes, you know, we have no desire to build your church. I'm like, well, thank you very much. And so anyway, <laughs> kind, of, kind of insulted me at first, but I knew where she was going. She goes, she goes if what you're saying is true, that God is intimate, real, and up close, then I'd like to know God. And that's when we came up with the phrase, know God. Not, not build a church, know God. Not just be a Christian, know God. Not be more religious. No, 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 you, you, can, you can know God. Now, this is real personal to me um, because my story, my, my faith story is um, I was raised in church. So the Sunday after I was born, I was in the nursery of a church. That's true. I'm 56 years old. This is going to shock you. I'm 56 years old, and I've never missed a Sunday in church in my entire life to date. Never. I've never not been in church my whole life. And, but don't be too impressed. Half the time, I did not like it at all. I mean, I was like, like when's this going to be over? This is, this is horrible. You know? And actually, my, my theology was I thought church was supposed to be painful. Like, if you endured it, heaven points. You know, that's just got to count for something, you know. And so, like, ah, when's, you know, I hated it. And so, um, but, but I was, my preacher was a hellfire and damnation preacher growing up. And he had the longest finger and was always pointing at me right over there. So, so every Sunday he'd come out, he'd come out in the front after he preached and this choir would sing a song and he'd come out there and might there be one who would like to repent of their sins and go, go to heaven instead of hell. you like, well, I'm not stupid. I don't want to go to hell. You know, so I get up there and he'd pray for me and. And, and nothing ever changed. I, you know, I met the church, but I didn't, I didn't meet God. And um, I'd trot back to my seat just as convicted, just as miserable, living my life just like, like always. And that was my routine. And I actually thought it was going to count for something until I came to a church like this for the first time. A friend invited me. By the way, invite your friends. Like, invite your friends. They, they would love to sit with you in church. I promise you. Just like just a couple, couple of Sundays a year, you ought to have an unchurched, far from God friend sitting next to you in church. And, and don't, expect, don't tell them, they don't have to do anything. Just come, just sit with me. And when I walked in, what struck me, I don't even remember the message to this day. Who, I don't even remember who was preaching. What I remember was the praise and worship. I had never seen Christians on fire for God before. I'd never seen people in love with Jesus. I thought, wow, this is a cult and I think I want it. You know, like I was like, <laughs> like this is, I was, Turned off and turned on at the same time. I just didn't know what to do. And uh, so, so, but, so when they did the response time, I didn't respond because I knew what they were going to do with me. And because uh, I'd been in church my whole life. So I, I wasn't going to do that. I ain't going to no room. That ain't going to happen. So, so <laughs> you got a little room back there and this brother ain't ever going to see it. So I just, so I just quietly just in my heart didn't respond. But I went back to my house confused and and, and I, and I, but I, because I've been in church my whole life, I knew the Bible. And so, so I decided I wasn't going to listen to my church or the new church. I was going to just 
find out how, what the Bible said about how a person gets to heaven. In fact, I decided I wasn't even going to trust the whole Bible. I was only going to trust Jesus. And so I had one of those red letter editions of the Bible, you know, where the words of Jesus are in red ink. And so I just read the red, like skipped all the black, going straight to the red, you know. And, and, um, <laughs> and I got in my bedroom. I was only like 10 minutes into reading the red. And this verse pops up, Matthew 7, 21, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And I thought, well, that's a problem because that was my plan. You know, it's like, oh, my God, because that's what they told me to do. You know, so. And then it actually continues. I, you notice I put it just dot, 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 because now it makes a list in that in their day they were doing to try to earn God's favor. Like religious looking things on the outside, but nothing going on the inside. And then Jesus, this is Jesus' words. He says, but I would tell them plainly, here's the problem. Here's why I'm not letting you in, because I never knew you. And he's using the same word that Paul used, that I was looking for relationship. I was looking for intimacy. I was looking for closeness. Well, I dropped to my knees. I led myself to the Lord. I dropped to my knees, threw my arms across my bed, and gave my life to Jesus. That's been 41 years ago. Best decision I've ever made in my life. Hadn't been perfect, but it's been awesome at the same time. And some of you just need to take that step. We're not, we're not inviting you to build this church with us. It'd be a, we would love that, but that's not the invitation. It, the invitation is to know God. It's a bunch of you already do know God. You need to go to this next stage. I'll never forget how this focus group person said it. She said it like this. She said, all of us have an area of our life that if we knew if it wasn't in our life, our life would be better. All of us have a heart issue. I said, well, what are you looking for? She goes, man, I want to find freedom. Find freedom. Now, that was a lot more palatable than deliverance. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's a good way to say it. And, and now we have adopted here at Zoe at many churches that we help people take the second step in the spiritual journey, and that is to find freedom. Now, listen very carefully. All of us have an area of our life, including the one speaking to you, that if it wasn't in my life, my life would be better. All of us have an area, a heart issue, something that still pollutes the filter of our eyes the way we look at things the question of the day is how do you actually get free and this is where people are horribly confused and therefore not taking the step because people think well I'm praying about it but that's not what God's word says in fact with this one God says in James chapter 5 verse 16 to confess your sins not to me confess them to each other and pray for each other and you'll get healed. So you go to me for forgiveness, but you got to go to my people for healing. And that's why I'm just trying to help you connect the dots. You say, why do they announce connect groups? Aren't, didn't, we, didn't one week, didn't one, you know, Sunday, Sundays are not enough for you guys? You really want us to do a, go to another church service in the middle of the week? No, 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 it's not a church service. We're a, we're a big church on a Sunday with multiple locations because we're trying to reach a big old city. And we do that because the city matters. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? But so we're big for that, but we're small because you matter. During the week, we get together and, and here's what we want to happen. And that is for you to get to know someone in your connect group where you can get to know them and have the ability to take off the mask and say, guess what? Guess what I look at? Guess what I do? Guess how I think? Guess how I feel? Nobody knows that I'm hiding behind a smile. No one knows that I'm struggling like, guess what? This, and, and just take off the mask. And, and when that happens, you're going to experience some healing in your life. It's, the second you do it, you're going to, in fact, you're probably not doing it because you're thinking, they're going to go, really? <laughs> that you're, and they're not. They're going to go, what? You too? 
I thought I was the only one. And you're going to find God's system, God's plan for you to find freedom is a local church that meets in groups where you can say, man, will you walk through this with me? Will you pray with me? And you mark my word, you're going to experience freedom in Jesus' name. It absolutely works. It absolutely. Just we urge you to take the spiritual steps. So we want to know God, find freedom. But this third phrase is just that we're going to discover our purpose. The two greatest days of your life, the day you were born, the day you discovered why you were born. And you just need to know that when God created you, now listen very carefully, he put inside of you a, what the Bible calls a spiritual gift. Romans 12 says that we each have different gifts according to the grace that's been given us. And the word grace means just it, you're good at it, and you don't even know why you're good at it. Some people are just good at technology. Some people are good at music. Some people are good at kids. Some people are good at organization. Some people are good at speaking on stages. But God has given different people different gifts, and every one of us need to discover our purpose in life so we can chase the right things, that we can make sure that we're going. Boy, this city, one thing I've learned in the short time that I've been visiting here several years now is that there's a lot of chasing of things in this city. It's a chasing of dreams and careers. And it's interesting because I've met even some of the most influential people, people that have named their names. You go like, I know who that is. And I got news for you. They're not, they're not any happier than you are. Because you can chase the wrong thing and even achieve some type of earthly success. And you'll be miserable until you're doing the thing that God created you to do. I'm just telling you. Now, I know it's outlawed in California. I think it should be outlawed everywhere before I even tell you this story, Okay. But they still have places in America that do dog racing, all right? And, and I have seen it on Bugs Bunny before. I've never been, all right? So just, but, but I read this article recently in a Florida newspaper <laughs> where they were having this dog race. And I don't know if you know how it works because they don't have any jockeys. Like horses have people on, on their backs, you know, saying, giddy up, let's go. And, um, but you obviously don't ride a dog, or at least you shouldn't, right? So, <laughs> so they, what makes them run? So on the interior rail of the track, there's a rail track, and they have like a mechanical rabbit. It looks like a rabbit, but it's not. It's, it's fake. And this Florida, Florida dog track, they had turned the dogs loose. The rabbit's ahead of them. It rounds the corner, and there was a mechanical malfunction. Just explosion. The rabbit fur and fake fur and wires go everywhere. And the dogs now, without anything to chase, the article said, some just laid down on the track and just took a nap right there in the middle of the track. Some of them got so disoriented because there wasn't anything to chase, they ran through the railing of the track and, like, injured themselves. Some just looked up into the stands at the people gambling and just barked at them. Just, like, barked at them, you know. And when I read it, I thought, that's humanity. If you don't have something worthwhile to chase, you'll take a nap, hurt yourself, or bark at everybody else. You've got to find, I'm serious. You're made on purpose for a purpose. You just need to know that. So we know God, find freedom, discover our purpose so that you can do the thing that you were created to do. I'm going to say something to you. You'll never be happy until you're making a difference. Make a difference. You say, Chris, how does that happen here at Zoe? That's what the teams, that's what the Zoe serve teams are all about. By the way, don't take my word for it. Go talk to one of them after the service. Go ask someone in the parking lot. Go ask someone with kids. Go ask someone making coffee. Go ask someone who is worshiping one, serving one, and they'll tell you, I love Zoe, but I think I love it most when I'm serving, not when I'm in it. Because being in the stands is fun. Being on the field is so much better. I'm just telling you. And Jesus said it this way, and I'll close with this. In John chapter 15, Jesus said it this way. 
He said, he said it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So if you want to make God happy, produce. Like, do, like help people, feed the poor, like help somebody hurting. This shows that you're my disciples. Now watch this. This is an interesting twist to the plot. Because he says, and if you'll do this, I've told you this so that the poor would have money. No. I've told you this so that the hungry would have food. No. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in, like you. He said, I'm asking you to serve not for others. I'm asking you to serve because it's going to give you the best version of you. Like, my joy will be in you, and that joy will be made. I'm just telling you. And you'll never know, you'll never know until you do, that you were designed, listen to me, to lay your head down at night, saying, now that's how you live a day. It wasn't perfect, but I helped someone, I touched someone, I served someone. But you can't do that if you don't know what your role is. And you can't do that if you're still settling your yesterdays. And you can't do that unless you know the powerful God who can change your life. Amen, everybody. You see the steps? See the journey that he wants for your life? So I know this. And, uh, and it's my, like, I love being the tour guide. And if I'm honest with you, when I'm standing on a stage like this, um, there's another narrative going on inside of me. It's, it's much more aggressive. It's like, come on, y'all, come on. Like, but I have to package it in all this humor and niceties. Like, but I mean, inside I'm going, really? Come on, come on, come on. It's, it reminds me sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been like in, in, in traffic and there's just the light screen, the light screen, but they won't go. Like those people are truly going to hell. Amen, everybody. They're just like, no, I'm just kidding. It's like, I, I'm barely saved when I'm dry, driving. I'm just gonna let y'all know, I'm barely saved. I, my wife's right here, and she hates it. Like, I'm, I'm a honker. Like, ah, oh, let's go, let's go. But she goes, Chris, they probably go to our church. I'm like, good. I'm teaching them something right now. I'm their pastor, you know, so it's terrible. I know. I'm repenting in front of you right now. And not too long ago, I was, stand, I was at a light. It's my light. This is my light. I know this light. I'm at it every day. This is my light. It's a left, left turn, and we're in line, and I know how many people can get through in one light cycle if everybody will cooperate. Let's go. You know, let's go. So I'm, I'm already anticipating it because the person in front of me, it looked like a young girl. I saw the hands up near the face and the thumbs flying. They're... And I'm thinking, she's, she's texting, doing social media. It's going to turn green. We're not going to go and I'm going to miss the light. And, but Tammy's voice is in my head. She's not even in the car. She's like, don't. And I'm like, ah. Sure enough, light turns green. She doesn't go. So, like, inside, it's like I feel right now when I'm teaching this. I'm like, come on. But I just went, beep, beep. That's all I did, just that much. Just. <laughs> we missed the light. And so, anyway, um, and it, I, we should probably be polite. That's, that's the way it should work. I mean, honestly, and I should tell you this in the nicest way I can. Um, let me give you the honk version. I'm not doing it. I'm just, if I was a honker in like a preaching metaphor, like, let me tell you what it would sound like, but I'm not doing, I'm just going to tell you what I would say if I was saying it that way. Okay. So this, this, this is what I, this is what I would do. With it. Really? 
You're going to pay for your own sins when they've already been paid for? Really? Like God's, God's not a faraway God. He's an up-close God. And you're going to figure this out on your own? Really? But I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, too, that's too much. That's too much. No, it's too much. Like really? You're going to live another year with that addiction, that habit, that sin, that problem? You're going to try to work this out all by yourself? Really? Really? When we have groups where you can talk about it and act, you can actually get healed and you're... But that's too, that's too aggressive. Really? You're not, you, you don't want to know why you're here and you want to sit in the stands while you could play the game? Really? That would be the honk version. I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to do, no, I'm not going to do that today. But I do want to say this. The light's green. Like if you want to go, you can go. And Pastor Chad and Julius asked this Cajun from Alabama up here just to go beep beep (laughs) let's go hey take your steps let's go let's do this